Y'all may be seated. Turn to somebody and say, hey, I'm glad you're here. Go ahead. Turn to the next person and say, hey, I really like your hair. Turn to another person and say, I love you. I love it. Yeah. Oh, man, we have some. Oh, I love you. We, did we just get some like ordained marriages, future marriages that might just happen? I don't know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Hey, <laughs> hey, Calvary students, uh, glad to be back with you. I missed y'all last week. I was out of town. I was uh, at, a, at a youth pastors networking thing, and I, and I learned a lot from there. But man, it feels good to be back home with you all. I know Thomas rocked it last week. So thank you, Thomas, for leading us last week in that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I haven't been able to listen to the sermon, but I'm going to go back for sure and listen to it and tell you everything that you said wrong. No, I'm kidding. But yes, we are continuing our series on the iconic life of Jesus. Okay. Jesus was an icon. Okay. Jesus was someone that was famous and he transformed and changed the world in so many ways. He had so many iconic moments and really the biggest moment, of course, that we recognize is his death and resurrection for us right? Our, us as sinners so that we would be redeemed and reconciled back to God, right? But of course, there are other iconic moments that we see in scripture that really proved to the world that Jesus was so much more than just some mere prophet. Jesus was so much more than just some teacher. Jesus was so much more than that cool dude that knew how to heal people. He was so much more to the world that they couldn't really see it, but he revealed himself slowly through specific moments in scripture. And that brings me to my question. Uh, how, how many of you like, like define yourself as something? Like what is something that you define yourself as? So when someone says hi uh, to you and you say, hi, my name is what? Says your name, right? Go ahead. Say, so I'm, hi, my name is Eli. You're going to say, hi, my name is yeah, you all have names, right? Those names were given to you by uh, the, the doctor, not the doctor, but your parents, right? They were given to you. <laughs> the doctor was not, hey, you're going to name this kid this, okay? And your parents are like, oh, okay, no. No, your, your, your name was given, okay? Some of you maybe identify uh, as, as a, a career or as a, uh, your occupancy, right? So I would say, hi, my name is Eli and I'm a pastor, right? You would say, hi, my name is whoever, and I'm a student at, what school do you go to? Morris. Okay, I love it. Let's see, what? UTRGV, yeah. Woo, V's up, yeah, right? You would, you would identify as that, okay? I'm a student at this school. For some of you, maybe you'll say, oh, well, I'm the brother of this person, right? Or I'm the sister of this person. And why is it so important that we identify ourselves as something like why, like why is that important? Well, I believe it adds up to simply this is that when we identify ourselves, we, we identify that we have a purpose, a meaning and value. There's value in identifying ourselves. It also allows us right to distinguish ourselves from something else, right? It allows us to separate ourselves from others as well. For example, you and I are both human, right? We would say that you and I are human beings. That is, that is what we are. We're, we're, we're human beings. However, if someone, if I were to say, hey, I'm a pastor, you would say, okay, so that's someone who uh, does a certain thing or whatnot, right? 
But then someone would come to me and say, well, I'm the president of the United States. Are we equal in that sense? No. The president of the United States has way more authority. He has way more of a position to change things in a dramatic way, right, that would affect my life. Plain and simple. If he made certain, if he decided we're going to war, like that's going to affect my life. He decided, uh, you know, we're going to, I don't know, raise taxes. That's going to affect my life or whatever it may be, right? Same goes to like your authority that's above you, right? But the way you identify will distinguish yourself. Even though we're all humans, we have specific purposes and meaning behind ourselves that would add value and importance, okay? And here's the thing. Right? You would know immediately that there are major differences in you and that person. Well, here's the thing is that Jesus was so much more, of course, of what I said, than just a teacher, prophet, and all that. He was specifically divine. I know that's a big word. And today we're talking about Jesus' divinity. Okay? And that means pretty much is that whatever is divine means that it's equal to God or is God. Whatever is divine has equal value and importance and purpose as that. So Jesus was defined as something in scripture and that was the son of God. Okay. I'm going to go through this really quickly because I know we started a little bit late, but there's a story that you know, very familiar to Matthew 14. It's about Jesus, right? He's, he's teaching and then uh, they go out. Uh, he goes up to the mountain to pray for by himself. And then in a distance, uh, the, the, the disciples were out there on a ship and whatnot. And then all of a sudden there were waves and a, and a storm and whatnot. And then they see somebody coming and it was Jesus that was walking on water. You guys know this story. Peter's like, Oh my gosh, it's a ghost. And I don't know what, and he's like, no, no, it's not. It's, it's me. It's, it's Jesus. Don't be afraid. Have courage. Right. And Peter's like, Oh, well, if, if you're really you command me to come out onto that water. Right? And he said, come. And then Peter gets, starts walking and then gets scared and starts drowning on water. And then Jesus picks him out. Right? And he says, hey, you of little faith, um, why do you doubt? Right? And then here's the thing is that everybody likes to emphasize that story as like, oh, man, we need to have faith. Oh, man, we need to trust Jesus. And yes, 100%, 100% we need to do that. But there's a line in there at the very end of the story that's extremely important because it identifies Jesus as something. He says in verse 33, then those in the boat worshiped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. Truly, you are the son of God. Today, we focus on several times in scripture when Jesus is called the son of God. Jesus was called the son of God by the angel when he was promised to Mary that he was gonna con- she was going to conceive and give birth to Jesus. Of course, when, when he walks on water to Peter and, and then Peter says, you're the son of God. We also see it displayed at the transfiguration, right? Where God's voice declares, this is my beloved son. And he tells them, uh, those present, listen to him. Right after Jesus gets baptized, you hear a voice that says, this is my son whom I am well pleased, right? And that phrase, that statement, you are the son of God was a big deal. Why? Because in those times, if you claim to be something that big, one, you better prove it. And if you're not it, you're going to die because it's heresy. It's a lie. You can't be claiming those things about you, right? But he did because he was divine. To be called the son of God attributes to the divinity of Jesus. 
Uh, Don Stewart, right, pastor, says this. He, get, he says, God the Father, the angel Gabriel, his own disciples, the apostle Paul, even the demons acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. Although Adam, angels, Israel, peacemakers, and Christians are all called sons of God, the scripture designates Jesus as the unique son of God. Why? Because he possesses the same nature as the father. He possesses the same nature as God. However, he's not an offspring, right? He has existed for all of eternity. And the Bible uses the word son in the sense of possessing the nature of. So when someone says that Jesus is the son of God, they are saying that Jesus is possessing the nature of God. The title son does not in any way suggest that he's less than God the Father, but that he is God the Father. Insane. So if I were to say I'm the son of, my dad's name is, is Elias, and I'm a junior, right? So I'm the son of Eli, then I would, in a sense, be claiming to have certain attributes or natures that would come from my father, hence the bald head, hence, right, uh, the brown skin or whatnot, right? That is, those are the, the characteristics that define me. But here's the thing. If you define yourself as a God, then you have to be a few things. And so really quickly, three points that I want to give us. I'm going to go through it really fast. That if Jesus is divine, okay, I know, remember that word divine. If that is so, then he is perfect and worthy of following. Okay, if you have your little notes here, feel free to write notes. This is important. It'll help you create a, a, a basis for your beliefs. If Jesus is God and divine, then he is perfect and worthy of following. Okay. We are called to follow something perfect. We are called to follow something not blindly. And Jesus being perfect and divine in God also expresses that he is good in nature, that he is just in nature, right? Therefore, we are called to follow the goodness and the nature of God, which is why Jesus is divine. He is perfect and worthy of following. Number two, okay, he is the authoritative word of God. He is the authoritative word of God. In other words, everything that Jesus says is extremely important. Think about this for a moment. For a long time, people have been speaking to God through bushes of fire, right? Through just audible noises, through dreams, through visions. And for the first time in history, Jesus, who is divine, as we've already established, Jesus, who is divine, is speaking. And so that means when you have a Bible, some of them are in red letters. If you read and you see some letters that are red, you should underline it, highlight it, whatever it is, circle it, because it's extremely important, because Jesus is literally speaking. That is a moment in time that God spoke as a, like in human form to someone. That was a moment in time where Jesus was speaking as God in the flesh. They no longer had to go to a bush or go to a temple or, or, or uh, listen to visions. They literally had God in their face for the first time in human history. And Jesus's words hold power. He spoke things into existence. 
He spoke creation. He spoke your name into existence. Before, before everything was created, he said, I am going to give Eli this, this, and this, and he's going to have this. There's power in the voice of Jesus. Man, I wish so deeply that they would have recognized who Jesus was, the son of God. Because imagine being able to hear Jesus say, go and sin no more. You are forgiven. You are loved. There are powerful words rooted in Jesus. And lastly, if Jesus is indeed divine, then he is enough. Jesus is enough. More than we could ask for, more than we could ever want or desire, because Jesus is divine, aka because he holds the nature and attributes of God, because he is God himself, then he is divine. And sometimes that's hard for us to see. Sometimes that's hard of us, hard for us to accept. But there's, there's a video I want to show you that has impacted me very much so from a pastor. His name is Matt Chandler. And he's talking about Jesus being enough. And, and we're going to show this as we wrap up. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Verse 18. He is head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, top, nothing above him, nothing else to gain, nothing else to get. The goal, the end, what it's all about is Jesus. Look at me. I'm going to try to combat something as best as I can here. Look at me. Following Jesus is not going to make you wealthy. Following Jesus does not guarantee that you're going to be healthy. The message of Scripture and the gospel of Christ is not that in following him everything goes right, but that he is enough no matter what happens. That's the message of the gospel. Not that everything's going to be okay. And it's maddening to me that the prosperity gospel is so unbelievably popular among people who then have to completely disregard scripture as well as Christian history. Every apostle in the Bible dies bad. I mean bad. They don't like stumble in the street and get run over by a car. They get beheaded. They get crucified upside down. They get boiled in oil. They die poor and they're slaughtered. Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, struggles with depression his whole life and then dies. Christianity has been built and has carried through the generations on the blood of men, not on the wealth. This is an absurd idea that would make Christ not preeminent, but what he could give you. That is not Christianity. That is something entirely different. And it's heresy that would have got you burned alive 200 years ago. It's a ridiculous notion. Jesus is enough. He's enough. He's enough. We pursue healing. Maybe we get it. Maybe we don't. He's enough if we don't. 
this is the message that Jesus is sufficient. Like it, it's all okay. In Acts, the apostles, they get arrested. And this court says, if you don't quit this preaching stuff, if you don't quit talking about Jesus, we're going to beat you to death. And the response was simple. Do what you think is right. As for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. And they beat the mess out of them and released them. And they did what? Rejoiced. I mean, they got beat nearly to death. This was the fruit of the gospel in their lives. Beatings. And they left rejoicing. They left. They're going, oh, you can see my spine. No, like literally it's exposed. Awesome. All right. So it seems like Jesus can transcend the most horrific of circumstances. This is not about what Jesus gets you. It's just about Jesus, preeminent, top of the chain, nothing else to want, nothing else to pursue. He is enough. He is enough. That's the truth. The Son of God is enough. And we know that with a heavy understanding, a hearty understanding of what it means for Jesus to be the Son of God, we begin to establish Jesus in the right place in our heart and soul. Acknowledging his divinity and his humanity helps us to humbly revere his sacrificial crucifixion. In other words, Jesus is worthy of following because of what he gave up for us. We live in a time where we don't see that happen often. People getting crucified upside down and whatnot. But we hide when someone says, oh, you're weird for bringing your Bible to school. You're weird for praying before you (laughs) eat a meal. You're weird uh, for proclaiming Jesus. We live in that time and we consider that persecution. That's a joke. We boldly declare who the Son of God is because we're called to that. If you in here have been indeed redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, you should rejoice and be happy about it. You should go to the ends of the world to share that good news. Next week, we're not gathering. We don't have remedy, but we are gathering as a church collectively. If you know, this Sunday is Palm Sunday. And then uh, next Friday is Good Friday, which I don't know why it's good, because it's a horrific thing that happens. Jesus dies. But then Easter Sunday, we celebrate his resurrection. And that's what we go and share. And if you haven't come to know Jesus, then I, I would highly urge you and, and, and hear my heart plea that you would consider looking into what that looks like, receiving life. If you were invited by a friend, you can talk to your friend about it. You can talk to our leaders about it. And we'd love to, to share with you what the gospel, the goodness of the gospel is. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you so much for tonight, for reminding us of your divinity, reminding us that you are the son of God, which means you have the nature of God in the flesh and that we praise you for that sacrifice that you've done, that you are worthy of following because you're perfect and you're good, that you have all authority. Your voice has authority. Your words have authority and that you, Jesus, are enough. It's your name we pray. Amen.